0: If you love the Black Married and Debt Free podcast, if you get any joy, if we've ever done anything for you, do us a huge favor and go and give us a five star review on this podcast. Leave us a comment if you like, but that helps our viewership ranking. Peace.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: Is the ultimate plan everyone's gonna have courses that they sell everybody? I mean, is that the ultimate plan? Is that how is that how the black community is gonna close the, uh, the, the wealth gap? We're all gonna be selling courses to each other. That's ultimately what it comes out to be. I'm gonna sell you a course, you sell me a course, and we're all gonna be millionaires. It's unsustainable.
0: What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Black Married and Death Free podcast. And I'm really excited today uh, because we have a special guest, man. I know y'all gonna love it. Uh, But uh, yeah, Shira, how has your day been so far?
1: My day is going well. So far,
0: so good. It's a
1: bright and early Sunday morning in sunny California. Yes. Uh, I have caffeine flowing <laughs> through my veins and I'm doing well. How about yourself?
0: I'm good. I'm so excited, man, to uh, pull this guest up here. Yes. Uh, we have a, a person. Now, this is really dope because we have been trying to find a certified financial uh, professional. Yes. to get on the show we, yes. you know we have a lot of coaches we have a lot of people who are you know doing the work uh but we, we got somebody with some credentials yes, uh, today qualified yeah. and certified yeah. okay so uh, we're gonna bring up uh this person and, and and you know that's one piece of his story but another piece is this brother's killing youtube right now yes. he's taking youtube by storm uh so we're excited to have jason thornton uh you may know him as jt the pocket watcher <laughs> <laughs> how you doing bro
2: listen I, I i'm so excited uh thank you guys for even inviting me on here and and you know that whole intro if y'all give me an intro like this i'll be on every episode because <laughs> i'm honestly listening to the intro i'm like who are they talking about is this, <laughs> is, this is this is this me okay great let's let, let's do this i'm excited
0: that's what's up, uh, J, JT man. Thank you so much. Now we we really want to uh, get into you know your current stuff, but what we mm-hmm. like to do is uh, we like to kind of go back with our guests, and and Perfect. you could go back as far as you want. Uh, just kind of tell us, you mm-hmm. know, how did you get to this point? What what shaped your your mindset? Uh,
2: mm-hmm. and, you
0: know, and got you into finances.
2: Okay, great. So I'm a, I'm gonna go all the way back. Okay. all the way back the earliest point within my lifetime where i can relate to okay finances would be nine years old okay mm-hmm. my parents i'm blessed and i and i say this all the time i i was born into a very privileged position my parents are business owners okay mm-hmm. uh on a uh scrap metal recycling company right mm-hmm. business owners and when you are in a family of small business owners You play a role no matter what, no matter how big or how small you are, you're going to end up playing a role in that small business. And the role that my parents put me in at the age of nine was a bookkeeper for the business. So it's not even I didn't even choose this life. I was drafted into it. Right. (laughs) Right. And, you know, so I'm in that age range where uh, personal computers actually became a reality for small businesses and and families, because you know, early on, computers was like these huge things that you know would take up a whole room. But I, you know, when I was young, Apple II computers and Windows uh, computers and stuff was just coming out. So not only would I have to work with you know a pencil and paper, my father actually bought me a computer to help out with the bookkeeping and stuff. So I was able to catch on when it came to working with numbers, working with technology and helping the family since I was nine years old. And that position just slowly progressed as I got older to the point where, you know, if there was something needed within the family, I was the go to person when it came to finances. I had to read up on it, kind of get to the point where if there was an assignment, I could do it. So it just slowly progressed from that point all the way through college. Then after I graduated from college, I came home and boom ended up becoming uh, the accountant and personal financial advisor for my father. And wow. it was, uh, you know, it, it it it's different because I graduated into a recession, mm-hmm. right? I I graduated undergrad in 2006. So I had about a good two years before the world melted down financially. Right. And, you know, worst case scenario, I'm always going to be able to work for my father. You know, it's yeah. so... I was in a situation where my father obviously had full confidence in my ability to, you know, help him through whatever financial situations there was. But then I'm also somewhat young, so I had to do something to continue to progress. I had to do something to continue to show. I knew what the hell I was talking about. So, you know, I went back to school, went to night school, continued my education and eventually became a certified financial planner because that is the highest mark that you can get within the world of financial advising. I had to prove myself, even though obviously my father had his confidence in me. I wanted to do something that would show the world, hey, I know what I'm talking about. I can do this stuff. That's that's that's
0: dope. That's such an amazing story, and it's like you you had started with the hands-on training first.
2: Listen, my (laughs) father, my father is not easy, right? When it comes to these numbers, because obviously, you know, with scrap metal recycling, it's not so much that you're getting money from the customers; you're paying money to the people who come in. They're bringing you things as small as an aluminum soda can and as big as a as a truck. Wow. And it's my job to, you know, be able to mark down how much things weighed and how much people should get paid. If I would mess up, that meant most likely I overpaid someone. Wow. If you underpay someone, they're going to correct you. It's yeah, not yeah. that big of a deal, right? You underpay someone, they go, hold on, hold on, and it gets fixed. Right. But when you overpay someone, they stay quiet and they walk out of the office, <laughs> right? So, so when I would overpay someone, the money came out of my stuff. Yeah. You know my father was quick to do deductions right at yeah. the end of the day at the end of the week he would calculate everything up so it became math being able to do math in my head was very important my father taught me different little tricks of how I can do math in my head fast enough so where the customer's not being frustrated and Accurate enough where I'm not getting hit with a bunch of deductions. And that actually came to the point where I got the highest, the highest math scores of my elementary school. Because uh, <laughs> in the fifth grade, they gave out this award called the Math Elite Award, where they okay. treat you as if you're an athlete and they put a you know a ribbon and stuff around your neck. And I actually got the highest scores in elementary because when I would do my math tests, it wasn't just numbers. It was money. And I had and it had to be right. Right. So, you know, that it just shows the influence of how parents can help guide your education if you put meaning behind it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it was just numbers, I probably would have got things wrong, but right. it was money I was looking at at that math test. And so I had to get it right.
0: Man, yeah. that's 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 amazing. That's amazing. So you you, you you've you kind of learned on the job and then mm-hmm. you decide to pursue this. Uh, Full time so right. JT Was this like a passion for yours Or did, did you see it as like Well hey I've been you know This is kind of what I know uh, mm-hmm. how, Or how much of it was like man I, I just really have A passion I think you spoke to it but Can you elaborate man, on that a little bit
2: It's, it's a mixture because at the time I was put into the position of bookkeeper, I was nine. I was the youngest of my father's sons at that point, and my older brothers they got to do the stuff that I thought was the fun stuff. They would be in the yard actually operating machinery and stuff like that. I looked at it as, oh man, this is he's just got me in the office as almost like a babysitting thing. Right? Right. So I, at first I did not like it. It it, it, it didn't. I didn't feel as if I was pulling my weight. I didn't feel as if I was doing the real work of the business. But then later on, when he would ask me certain questions about, you know, how much money did we make or how much of this did we buy and stuff like that? I realized he was he was making business decisions based on my work. Wow! And he put me in a position where when we would even go to the bank and we would need to pull out money, he would just point to the teller and says, no, count out the money to him. Give him the money, and I'm talking about you know 12, 14 years old, they're counting out $25,000 to me. And my father said, Make sure it's right, and then I would carry the money like little things like that made it feel like okay, this is a real uh position that my father gave me, and it's important. And then when it came to paying my siblings, this is the fun part (laughs) when it came to paying my siblings, he's like, Go see Jason. (laughs) so I'm sitting there counting their money out to them and I'm like yeah okay I'm the little brother but yeah okay so it it gave me this passion for it so at first uh, I didn't like it as much because I thought it was just like you know a small job but then later on it grew my father really does depend on the work that I do and it gave me that passion to keep going and keep going then I realized how important money is Like as a kid, I mean, oh, obviously money buys you things, but the ability to properly manage money and to Mm. give business owners the proper financial information where they can make good business decisions. It's it. you cannot live without it, because if you, if you are, your business is going to fail. You can have the best product, the best service. If you are not making business decisions based on the financials of the company you're going to fail. So that's what kind of sparked the passion out of it because I'm like, wow, I'm very important to this organization that my father built and I'm like the youngest one here. So like that kept it going. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing.
1: That's wonderful. So um, you are a certified financial planner. And so can you talk to us a little bit about what that means and the work that's involved in becoming a certified financial planner. I think a lot of people have questions about money, but they don't know who to reach out to. And so by default, they're looking at Google, they're looking at YouTube, and sometimes they're not getting the best information.
2: Uh, Absolutely. So to become a certified financial planner, it actually takes a lot of time, education and work. In the world of money management and um, financial experts, you can call yourself a financial expert. Technically, you can call yourself a financial advisor with little or no education whatsoever. It's mm-hmm. it's like the Wild Wild West. It doesn't really take much. When you say you're a financial advisor, honestly, within the industry, you can still be looked at like I have no idea what you do. Right. <laughs> Just by saying you're a financial advisor or financial, coach, it's like, okay, what what is it that you do? Because that can mean Absolutely anything. Right. You could be a person who sells insurance and say you're a financial advisor or you're a stockbroker where you really don't have a duty to your client to give them financial advice. You're selling them a product. Hmm. But to become a certified financial planner, like I said before, it is the highest mark. Of education and professionalism within financial advising, you actually have to have the core basic things that any professional should have, right? It's referred to as the four E's. You have to have education, you have to have experience, you have to have ethics, and you have to pass the national board exam. As far as education is concerned, you have to have a bachelor's degree from an accredited college. You also have to have studied financial planning, <laughs> right? You can't just have a degree in anything, right? You can have a bachelor's degree in a subject, but you also have to have study with a CFP board registered program where you study all of the areas of financial planning, which starts out with the, the fundamentals of financial planning, insurance planning, investment planning, tax planning, mm. uh, Estate planning, all of these things you have to have studied before you are even allowed to sit for the exam. Then the exam is a six hour beast of an exam. You pass the exam, then you still have to have at least three years worth of experience giving financial advice. And then lastly, you have to uh, abide by the ethics of a certified financial planner, which the most important part is that you have to put the Interest of your client before yours. Now that sounds normal, right? If you are a doctor or a lawyer, they already expect that you have to put the interest of your client before yourself. But that's not the case for many people who call themselves a financial uh, expert or financial consultant. In many, 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 many cases, a person who calls themselves a financial expert, they are selling someone a product. And yeah. when you're selling someone a product, they don't have to be your first priority to make sure that they're getting what they really need at the best price. You're trying to sell someone something at the highest price possible where you can make money as long as in what they refer to as suitability. Meaning like if I wanted a car and I went to a car lot yeah. and I tell the guy, you know, I'm looking for a two door car uh, black. Well, he's probably going to try to sell me the Lamborghini. Yep, it's a <laughs> two door car. And it's black. There you go. That's what you asked for. But he didn't ask me questions about my budget. He doesn't really care about trying to get me in the thing that makes the most sense for me financially. He's trying to get as close as possible as to what I asked for, but at the highest price. That's suitability. And that's what a lot of people who call themselves financial experts go off of. You want to look for someone who's doing something based off an F word. And this is a good word. This F word is (laughs) fiduciary. When you are a fiduciary, that means you are legally required to put the interest of your client before yours. So meaning I could point, I'll recommend something to a client. One thing may be better for me and the other thing may be better for the client. I always have to point them towards the thing that is best for the client. Mm.
0: Man, that, that, you know, we always have these moments on the podcast where it's like the, the guest is just, he's just cooking, you know, We're <laughs> in your bag, JT. Yes, <laughs> yes. So yeah, man, that, that, that was, I think a lot of our listeners need to hear that.
1: Yes. Man, uh,
0: because, mm-hmm. you know, you, and we're going to go there. We're going to go mm-hmm. there because you, there are so many people out here who are mm-hmm. just self proclaimed experts that I think sometimes you need to hear, no, no. This is what a professional, you know, does and is required to do, and, right. and, and and experts aren't held to that standard. And I I think that's the great thing about the the certification is you're held to that fiduciary standard. Yes. And so you you know when you're looking for advice, you want to find someone who 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 has that cert that certification. So uh, thank you for yeah. breaking that
2: down, man. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's so many things that go that goes into it. But he, and here's probably some of the reasons why I, there's there's some financial experts online who who aren't fans of my content. Right. <laughs> let's, let's 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 get to that point. because I think this that. is a great way to talk about this. So, you know, with my content, I originally started uh, doing YouTube videos and, and, and podcasts and whatnot based on the fact that I have clients in the real world. Right. I'm not just a talking head. On social media, I have actual people who rely on my financial advice to make decisions for either their business or their personal life, right? I take that extremely seriously. And what ends up happening is I'll create a financial plan for the client and we'll agree that this is the best path for that person to take to achieve their goals. Then a couple of days later, or maybe a month or two later, they'll see something on their timeline they'll see something on youtube tiktok instagram and they'll say wow that looks really cool i want to do this with my money this person makes it look really cool and they would send it to me and they'd say hey jt take a look at this is this something that i can add to my financial uh plan and nine times out of ten it's something that is either ridiculous or something that's borderline criminal activity (laughs) right I mean, there's, there's, there's people who are online who will advocate. you want to pay less in taxes, start a home based business. You can write off so many things if you start a home based business. They have no idea that it is illegal to start a company simply for the tax write offs. The reason why you start a business is to make a profit. Not to write off expenses yes. so you pay less in taxes. But these people, once again, they're they're not educated within the field of mm-hmm. finance. They are not regulated within the field of finance. They're just talking, yes. right? That's it. They're just talking and they're saying things that either sound good to them or they're repeating something that they heard from someone else. So the birth of the YouTube channel came from the fact that people kept sending me these clips of financial advice on from social media uh influences right. and i would have to sit down and explain to the client no we can't do this it's yeah. either illegal or it's not going to actually help you in the long term of you accomplishing your financial goals and i said to myself wow you know what instead of me doing this each and every time someone send me something because if a video is viral everyone sees it yes and they're going to start hitting me up i said you know what I can just the, after one person sends me something, I can make a video online mm. and then I can just send them the link to the video online and I don't have to repeat myself <laughs> over and over again. And that was the birth of the YouTube channel and podcast pocket watching with JT. The whole thing was I'm trying to correct bad financial information yes. in the you know social media space could be because people. Financial advice is something I take extremely seriously. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's not like all the other things that you can do online. You can go online and you can just talk about your personal experiences and a bunch of different things. You can Mm -hmm. just talk about it. But when it comes to financial advice, legal advice and medical advice, people actually do what you say. Yes, Mm -hmm. they will actually attempt to replicate or take action on the things that you are recommending and it can totally destroy someone's life mm-hmm. if they do it and you have no idea what you're talking about. So I take it seriously. So when you know the YouTube channel started moving and I, I got all this stuff coming at me with the bad financial advice, I was like, listen, we have to actually do something here. And yeah. some people, they don't like the fact that I am extremely strict when it comes to, hey, stop listening to people mm-hmm. who are not actually qualified to give financial advice right? You have to go through certain stuff. I had to get a background check by several (laughs) different authorities, right? The Internal Revenue Service did a background check on me before I could legally give financial advice. Aside to passing exams and going to school, they did a background check on me. They make sure that I am current on my taxes. If If I was falling behind, I had personal issues with not paying my taxes, They would reprimand me. They Mm -hmm. could take my ability to represent people before the IRS if I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Then the SEC also did a background check Mm -hmm. on me. They also check and see, did he file for a bankruptcy? If I did, it would show up on all of the different websites of the government agencies who say, hey, this person has the education. He has the, uh, the, the, the ethics to actually be a financial advisor. That stuff would show up. Yeah. The thing that drives me insane is you have people online calling themselves financial experts <laughs> who have personal bankruptcies recent. I'm not talking about like years ago, right. recent <laughs> personal bankruptcies. If you have a personal bankruptcy, what you're saying is you're admitting you were unable to properly manage your money. Yeah. But yet they're online telling you how to manage your money, not for free, for a fee. They are charging people, right? Then you got people who have felony frauds on their background. I mean they they were prosecuted and admitted either they they either completely just lost the case or they pled guilty to fraud. But yet they are financial experts in the black community because we are so with such a community that's starving for good mm. financial advice that We don't have the time or the discipline a lot of times, you know, not all the time. Obviously, this doesn't go for everybody. Yes. But especially for the young, they're so starving for good financial information and things that will help them improve financially. that They don't care. They're not going to look into the backgrounds of people. And that's where that's where the, the problems come.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: there was a lot of meat
0: on that man, bone. That uh, <laughs> wow. Man.
1: So, okay, let me see how I'm going to form this question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, we have gurus out here, and some people are taking advantage of people. Absolutely. Um, how how much of it is the actual guru, and then how much of it is coming from our community? In that, mm. we like to see people um, who are. Are flashy and they have, you know, this grandiose life that they're presenting on social media, whether it's real or fake. Mm-hmm. Um, but people just think we, we gravitate that black people gravitate to that, okay? And mm-hmm. then, um, we love the story. I went from broke to bless, from rags <laughs> to riches, right? So right. How, how much of it is, you know, these gurus, and then how much of it is our community fueling mm-hmm. their
2: creating the guru, cre-
1: creating right. this monster.
2: That is that is such a good question. That is such a good question. So I'm going to say it's 75 25. 75% is the gurus, 25% is the community. And okay. that's a good question. Let me explain why. So within my research of these different gurus, I actually find out that there is a portion of gurus out there who went into it honestly. They went mm. into it with the uh with the mindset that they actually do want to help people. But then they realize that no one's listening to me, right? No one's listening to me. Yes, And they try to figure out, well, how can I get people to listen to me? Okay, I'm going to put on the expensive watches. I'm going to do a video standing or sitting on top of a expensive car or in an Airbnb because (laughs) I want to get the eyes and the ears on me. Okay, uh, you know, not not something that I would do, but okay, I, I see that. But then it turns into, well, you're still not giving them good, Advice, mm. right? Now you got the eyes and the ears, but you're still not giving them good advice. And they're fueling your ability to show off these flashy things because what ends up happening, it becomes a, a cycle, right? Yes. The rags, the richest story. Of course, yes, everybody loves those stories. It's inspiring, it gives you an idea. You know what? I can do that too. Mm. But what I found is most of these people they do not make their money following their own advice they do not like if you have some people who call themselves real estate experts they're multi-million dollar real estate experts but they didn't make money in real estate they made money selling courses to people about real estate so yeah they're multi-millionaires based off selling the dream. Yes. They didn't actually do it themselves. So yeah, it's 75% on the guru, 25% on the community, because we got to get to a point where it's not the flashiness. Now, I've been blessed to grow this YouTube channel to over 56,000 subscribers in a little over a year. Wow, Not once. No one has no idea what car I drive. Right. I, I don't even wear watches, you know, for the most part. My, the only watch I really do have is an Apple watch, and I barely wear that because it reminds me how, how much I need to work out, right? <laughs> but there are there's a group of people who are interested of hearing what I got to say based on actually the content and yes. the financial information and not the flash. So it's possible, but it actually takes work. And number two, and probably most importantly, You got to actually know what the heck you're talking about. So when you take away the flash, you have to actually have the substance of -hmm. the content. And clearly to me, they don't have the substance. That's why they have to bring in the flash. Yeah. Yes, man.
0: That's, that's, that's so true. Uh, JT. And it's like, you were, you were much needed too, because a lot of us, you know you start to de- kind of develop these friendships and me and Shire uh, have said before you start to see a lot of these fake gurus kind of going on they, they go on the the podcast uh I don't know what you call it but the circuit the, listen the circuit <laughs> the, the chitlin circuit
2: I, I it's so it's so weird cuz the thing is i've witnessed the birth yeah. Of a little guru. So there's 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 a gentleman. No, no names are being called here because okay, this is okay. a guy that I know, right? I witnessed the birth of a guru. So long ago, like back in 2012-ish, I ended up going to a event where I was a speaker and this person was a speaker, and we actually had a good conversation, and you know, actually. We know a lot of the same people were from the same area. I went to college with a lot of people he went to high school with, right? Okay. And, you know, throughout the years, I kind of noticed that he was going down the fake guru path. Yes. He started to uh, get mentorship. They always push mentorship. Now, yes. I'm a big believer, obviously, that you need someone, right? Not need, but it helps. I would say that. Not need, but it helps. It helps to get a mentor. It helps to get someone who's been where you want to go and they can help guide you in, number one, not making the mistakes that they made. I think that's one of the biggest parts of having mentorship. Someone who's been down the path and they can point out all the potholes and all the obstacles that you're going to see to help you. Now, you're still going to trip up. Mm-hmm. Believe me, you you will still triple Any parent knows that, right? When you're a parent, you, you you say to yourself when you first hold that baby in your hands, I'm gonna make sure that you never make any of the mistakes I make. <laughs> and then you realize, hey, <laughs> I can point it out, but they're still gonna they're still gonna do some of this stuff, right. Right? right? So when it comes to mentorship, to me, it's 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 very useful to help guide you down the road that they've already been. It helps. But mentorship isn't the be all that these fake gurus make it seem right. Like mentorship is everything. You're never going to be successful if you don't have a mentor. Yeah. Okay, sure. But the mentorship always costs like, and here's the, here's the thing. I don't believe these people are selling mentorship to start off. I'm because in my world, mentorship doesn't cost money. Mm -hmm. Mentorship doesn't cost money. When I've had mentors in my life, the most I would ever do is, pay for lunch Yep. Uh, maybe give them a gift at, at during holidays and their birthdays just to show my appreciation right that was mentorship if i'm paying you for advice you are a consultant mm. and to me you work for me so during that time that i'm paying you for your advice you work for me the same way i treat my attorney yeah right <laughs> When he's charging me a billable hour to do something, I'm not sitting there in awe of him, <laughs> right? I'm not, you know, taking notes and thank you, thank you. I'm paying for this. Right. If I'm paying for this, then the relationship's a little bit different. Yes. Right? I expect for you to show up on time. I expect for you to give me the information that I asked for. I expect to be able to ask all the questions I want. No, next time. I want it now because right. I'm paying. So there's not mentorship going on these are paid consultations that yes. you're getting from these fake gurus and you need to treat it like that but okay let me let me get back to the <laughs> back to the main <laughs> point here so the whole mentorship and becoming a fake guru is within itself kind of like a pyramid scheme mm. all right I, it may take me a few moments to the the latest out but let JT, me explain. take your time <laughs> jt all Right, to be continued